Today we're going to talk about how strategy directly impacts your online effectiveness. Are you ready? Because it's time. You're listening to the Church Digital Sidekick Podcast, part of the TCD Podcast Network. Hey heroes, my name is Tom Pounder and this is the Church Digital Sidekick Podcast. This is a podcast where I bring in ministry leaders and we talk about how you can do ministry more effectively in this very digital and online world. And I'm really excited to have my friend Sly King back on. Sly is a great online minister, and he's been doing it for a really long time. And today, we talk about a variety of different things. We always have to talk about college football when Sly and I get together and some other things. But we ultimately talk about strategy and online effectiveness. Now, we l- listen, Sly and I have been doing online ministry for a number of years and early on in the time you could probably just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and say hey we've got an online ministry let's just go but now as we're growing in our online effectiveness and we're growing in online ministry opportunities what kind of strategy do you need to have and how can you be a little bit more strategic what does it look like for you in your church and ministry that's what Sly and I talk about today so I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. But before we do that, I just want to highlight something that we're doing at the Church Digital right now. We have one, a, a bunch of new podcasts that are being released right now. So if you go to the church.digital, you can check out all the different podcasts from a variety of different people. And it's just great to listen to different voices here about digital stuff, but also life stuff. So check out that with the digital, the Church Digital Podcast Network. But also, we're offering more coaching and cohorts. So if you go to the equipping page at the church.digital, you can find out different cohorts for digital ministry, digital ministry, and metaverse ministry. That's right. We've got people who are going to be talking and coaching people through the metaverse. So it's going to be a really exciting time at the Church Digital. So make sure you hit up thechurch.digital and get out different coaching opportunities and also learn and discover more podcast opportunities there. All right. Are you ready to listen to Sly and I talk? Good. Well, I hope you are because we're getting ready. Here's the interview talking about strategy and online effectiveness with Sly King. All right, with me right now is Sly King. Sly, how are you, man? Tom, I am well. Good to see you. Good to talk to you, man. I know it's been a while. I mean, what we've had Thanksgiving wrapped into Christmas, into a new year, uh, all in between, man. So good to see you. It is good to see you as well. Of course, I follow you uh, religiously on social media. You are a Twitter (laughs) man, and so... I, I am up to date on all the things uh, that is happening in your world. I'm going to hit on one of those in a second. But before we do that, just for anybody who's not heard you on my podcast before, do not follow you on uh, social media already. Uh, give a little background about uh, who you are and what you do. Sure. So, Tom, you know, I honestly always enjoy, first and foremost, being on your podcast. So thank you so much for having me. I have been doing social media and in those areas of that part of where it deals with online and all those things for for about nine or 10 years now. And I'm actually in Birmingham, Alabama at the Worship Center Christian Church. And I manage all of our social media, lead everything as it relates to our online campus. Um, I'm usually the face of that with others and also managing and running everything as it relates to what we're doing, all things with our app and other areas of digital. So a lot of those things that I've been doing for quite some time, and I've seen the moves and, and all the things of, of algorithms, if you will, that we've all been dealing with. But yeah, so I, I've been in this digital space and, and living in this world for, for many years, but really reaching people for what we are called to do is so important. And I think that this is the space 
that has so much bandwidth and so many possibilities. So yeah, that's a little bit about that. Outside of that, of course, I have also been uh, in the world of radio media for 15, almost 16 years now. So I've been doing radio. And so I have the multi hats that I wear, but that's a little bit about me. And, and so for those of you that are new to the podcast and never knew who I was or whatever, um, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love talking to you, Sly, too, because Again, there's a lot of online ministers that have come in the fold the past two or three years because of COVID and, and the necessity there. But you've been well in this space long before COVID, uh, and you were always one who was very welcoming to me as I was starting in this, and you talked with me, and we would bounce ideas off each other. So I've always mm-hmm. appreciated you and your uh, you being a great resource for me. So I, I think and, awesome. and likewise, Tom, I, I will tell you, and I'll sell this to anybody that's listening you need to connect with people that you can bounce stuff off of. I don't think I know it all. And I think that when you're able to have these conversations and talk with people that are in that same space, it helps you so you all can get into a real groove of just kind of saying, okay, well, I may need to try that. Or, yeah, you know what? I didn't think about that. And honestly, just to tell you, that's what I miss about the conferences because some of the best brainstorming sessions I had were at conferences where we would do a whiteboard session with all of the speakers that were not a part of what was happening in the main room. We were just in there just brainstorming and it was absolutely phenomenal because you're bouncing ideas and and all these things. So I love the opportunity and that's what's so great about what we do. Yeah, I I agree completely. And again, I love this online community because they are, online ministers have been some of the friendliest people I've known and most helpful people, uh, and you're one of those uh, guys. So, well, Sly, um, I did see you over the holidays. I, um, this is going to lead into our topic. So it's not a distraction. This is actually leading into our topic. <laughs> um, but I saw you on social media, uh, and you were at the you are For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Sly is a big Auburn Tigers fan, and he was at the Auburn Bowl game. So yep. tell me about that experience. Well, listen, first of all, the new stadium here in Birmingham is phenomenal. Um, It is absolutely a great stadium. I had the great experience of having the studio uh, club access. And so with food and all that stuff, it was amazing. I was sitting on the 50. And a lot of times people say, okay, well, sitting low, like row A, okay, to put it in perspective, like there is where, that's where I am. And then, okay, there is the team. And that spot is not bad. The only problem is, depending on the stadium, it, it, it makes it kind of difficult to see. And Auburn, in their stadium, if you sit on the 50, it's worse because like the hedges and stuff, it's, it's okay. horrible. But literally being at the game, uh, enjoyed it besides the outcome. Okay. The outcome obviously was not what I wanted, but the experience, um, it was great. Our crazy weather, you know, you just didn't know how to dress for the game. Uh, you just didn't know, but it, I mean, seriously, you didn't know. I mean, the sun came out and got hot. It was like, okay, wait a minute, what's going yeah. on? And we're in December, yeah. um, but it was great. It was, it was a great game and, and, and a lot of great um, time that was had. And so a lot of good fun. Yeah. As you and I have talked before, uh, again, you know, I'm a Penn State guy. You're an Auburn guy. They played this year and Penn State won. They'll play next year uh, down in Auburn. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, yeah, let me know if you're coming. Let me know if you're coming, Tom. We may have to. We may have to put that on the calendar and just say, you know what, we're going to come and just go to the game. And you know, hey. I'm fine with you wearing your knitly line stuff. That's fine. Just just come yeah. on down to Jordan Hare and have some fun. Yeah, that, that's a legendary stadium too. I mean, so I mean, that's a. I've been to Penn State games before, 
but I've never been there. That that would actually be a cool thing. So, okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but we got we have to do that. We have to yeah. do that. Take you to my old stomping grounds when I was in school. You, yeah, we'll get into oh, yeah, that. Be, <laughs> that would be great. Well, okay, so okay, let's continue this thing about college football because it does again lead into our conversation. You and I sure. were talking uh, before we got on. Uh, about the transfer portal, how, you know, the transfer portal has changed everything uh, mm-hmm. on, in college football. And, and if anybody doesn't know, the transfer portal, uh, up until a few, like, was it last year or two years ago? About two years ago. Yeah, okay, that, that when college students could transfer, they had to sit out a year. Some of them, they had to sit out two years, but it was yep. at least a year they had to sit out before they could play in that new thing. But now that... The transfer portal has changed where a kid can go from Auburn one year and then be a starter on Penn State the very next year. There's no change. So how have you seen that impact college football? You know, I think, again, with the high expectations for coaches now, right? I mean, what coaches are making. Clearly, Tom, we're in the wrong business, okay? Coaches (laughs) are making, you know, astronomical money five, six million dollars, you know, and that's in the, depending on what kind of coach, but we're, we're just talking about a lot of money. So with the large amount of money that is being made, the expectations from fans and everybody else is you got to win now. Yeah. And it's not the mentality of bring in the right people, do the right recruiting, set up the right system, do everything you need to do to plan and build a good program. And that's the problem. The expectations are microwave driven and you, you get hired tomorrow, and the expectation is, all right, next season, you're going to win all your games, and we need to be talking about being in the, in, in the playoffs. And the level of really understanding what it takes to build something great is not sometimes really understood. And, and it's amazing because I see that even with Auburn fans. I've seen it many, because I see a lot of message board stuff, and I'm going, you guys understand what it takes to really create something great. And that's getting the culture changed. That's doing all these things you got to come in and do. So the transfer portal has opened up the door for schools to change their entire roster, you know, and losing a player, getting a player from anywhere else. And I think that's helped the coaches. It's helped them, you know, get things that are missing that they didn't get in the um, recruiting phase. But again, it's changed everything. And I think when you look at what the expectations are, the win now mentality is is where everybody is and every and here's the thing about it everybody is not going to win a, there's only one national championship there's only one you know so it, it's the expectation is, is is very high but it's a very much driven we got to win it now we got to have it right now and, and that's where we are yeah everyone's chasing like the alabamas the the georgias the even the ohio states of the world and they're trying to figure out how they can do that okay so now let's take a pivot here and t- t- move this into our frame of reference here about online ministry because of that win now culture in college football Mm -hmm. i think there was a win now moment a win now movement in online ministry in the sense of um everyone just thinks that once you get online you're going to get thousands of people coming to your church you're going to get all these things done and if it doesn't happen immediately then there's there's issues and so how would you come kind of combat that how have you seen that in your your environment, and then what would you say to encourage people? Well, I think what you said is so key is there are a lot of people, we got to back into this, right? You know, I've, we've been in the online space pretty much since I, when I started going to the church before I was even working there. And so it's not new territory. The problem was we had people that reached out to me and people who, you know, finally realized, oh, online is important. 
And then they wanted, I got to have this instantly. So, so when is your service? You, when are you trying to do this? Sunday? Um, yeah, so we got a problem. Um, so they were, it didn't have what they needed, all these things. And the challenge was wanting to have the instant success of, okay, we go online, everybody should watch us. That's not the case. And that's honestly not the case, especially now because it is a very saturated place because everybody is online streaming something. And so my encouragement to you is create a plan. You know, when we talk about coaches and programs and the ones that do well, they have a very high driven plan that they've derived from their culture and everything that they do, it is evident in how they move with what they're doing online. One of the things that I've always said about online is you have to be able to take what you're doing in the physical building and replicate that in the digital space and how you're reaching your people and change the methods but keep the same theme and the same mission, goal, and the priority that you have. So if you create the plan, you build it right, you got to find out what you need, whether it's the equipment you need, the people you need, all the resources that are necessary, and understand it's going to take some time and, and find out what your target is. You know, you got to talk to your people, talk to your pastors, talk to the leaders, and, and find out, okay, where do we need to really focus our energy? You know, you can't do everything, so maybe it's just on Facebook, or maybe it's just on YouTube, or maybe it's just on church online, whatever that may be, yeah. create a plan and don't get overwhelmed, right? I mean, because the easy thing, Tom, for many people to do is what? Look at the churches and they go online. They got 20,000 people watching their service. Yeah. They've been doing that for a while. They have a lot of things that have been going on behind the scenes too, that have made that available for them to have that success. So don't get caught up in all the other stuff you know, focus on improving, creating a strategic plan to say, this is where we're going to start. Here's what we need to do to make it happen. And, and, and let them know if they challenge you and said, hey, listen, you need to create an online space. Well, what are the resources you need to have that happen? And now you've got to ask for those resources in order to achieve the goals that they've set out for you. Yeah, no, you're right on on this. Mm -hmm. um, and because I think a lot of times, um, you know, when, when COVID first hit, and everybody had to go online. This happened for us. We'd been online for a few years um, before COVID hit and our numbers spiked immediately. And we had a few weeks of just really outrageously high numbers. And we're like, this is awesome. Partly because nobody was in the church building to, to experience church mm -hmm. in person. But then what ended up happening was they slowly moved and then Easter came and then we had another big spike. And then you slowly... And what, one of the things that we had to learn is like, it was easy to get caught up in those numbers and like, wow, look at all these people who are coming online. This is amazing. But it wasn't, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it just wasn't replicable because we didn't mm -hmm. have the systems in place to, to maintain that. And ultimately what we had to do is we had to find a bottom line of like, or baseline. What was the baseline? Who, who are really the people who are coming um, and we had to have the right system set up in place. And I think a lot of churches saw that initial bump up, high bump up and like, okay, we can reach a thousand people or we can reach 600 people, even though they're a church of 200 people or something like that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and then, then they get discouraged when the numbers are coming down. And again, that pressure to say, why can't I get back up to 600? Why can't I be there? If you don't have the right systems in place and the right processes in place and the strategy in place, you're not going to be able to implement that. Right. And, and what you just said is something I want to jump right into, because one of the elements that even I had discussions with our you know, team was, 
you know, when I'm turning in reports, you know, again, like you said, having systems, I do reports every week, every week on numbers across all platforms and everything, social media, all of that. But the reality is everybody saw a spike and everybody saw a decline. It was across the board in church online, everybody. And if you don't have the correct systems where you've created those things, how are you connecting with people? That's why I said in the very beginning, what are you doing in your physical building? Take your mindset and think about, okay, people walk in the door of the church. Maybe you're not greeting them anymore. Maybe it's a QR code, whatever you're doing, but they have some connection point that they can actually connect with the church, whether they're texting, whether they're doing something that gives them access to a connect card or whatever. So now you got to reshape that and say, okay, so now I need to create that for online. I got to create that. So now you have a way of connecting with people that when you had the spike, those people had a way to connect with the ministry. And then you could begin to start funneling them to where you want them to go. What do you want them to connect and do after you get their information? What's the next step for them? You know, and so once you start creating that format and that system, when somebody joins you online, they're a first time guest, what do they do? We have a way that they can text if you're a first time guest to our number and they get an immediate prompt, they fill out some information, we connect with them in that space. So you've got to find all those things you need. So when you do have those spikes and when you have people in general, you got a way to capture that. It's like when you go to any website or anything we do that asks for information, they ask you what for an email address or a phone number so they can have access to you to send you things or whatever so they can connect with you. So you've got to build that in place so that when these ebbs and flows, which happen all the time. It's not anything new. We saw the spike, the first part of it. And, and one of the challenges, Tom, too, that many people dealt with in this space was the spike because it was it was either new to the ministry or that was the only option they had. And then everybody started to move into this fatigue because work, school. I mean, imagine you're a parent who is on Zoom most of the day. Your kids are in the other room. They're doing their stuff virtually and you're trying to help them in that space and then you got to turn around on Sunday and you all you have to log in again virtually at some point it begins to begin you know be fatigue and and that's the big challenge um that I think many saw and and one other thing and I'll say this because I think it's relevant one of the things that I think that many did not want to wrestle with was because if you really start digging into numbers and, and this is a maybe for another podcast but you start really digging into numbers you got to, do you really pay, do you want to pay attention to your watch time? Do you want to see when people are really logging off and logging in? Um, are you willing to make the adjustments because of what you see? You know, you may say, oh man, we, we're going to worship for 30 minutes where you're losing people. Well, they should, you can't say, well, they should love the Lord. No, they're there. You, you gotta, you, you've got to make adjustments. And we're in that space in that time now where the adjustments, the data is going to show you. It's going to show you. I see it every week. It's like, okay, I, I know people have figured out they know kind of when to log in because they want to get the latter part of worship and get the word. <laughs> it's, 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 it's consistent. So yes. again, we have to be willing to look at all this, but the bottom line is you've got to create those things in place so that when you do have people come in and, and you're able to get consistency, now people have a connection point with your church and they have a next step phase, no matter whether they are a new believer rededicating their life to Christ, first time guest, whatever. You have a way to connect with them. And then you need the teams or the system in place that will be able to continue to communicate with them after Sunday. 
because Sunday is not it. You know, so. Yeah. Okay. So I just, I just made a mental, uh, not a mental note. I wrote down on a piece of paper, a deep dive in the numbers with Sly King. So that's a future yeah. podcast because <laughs> yeah. you hit on something so good, but that would take us down a whole nother rabbit hole. It, it would, it would. And I didn't want to, I wanted to mention yeah. it, but I didn't want to dig too deep into it because it is a conversation that, you know, and I, and I, I just to be honest, I said this um, during a time that maybe during the pandemic or whatever, but I said, do we really want to look at the numbers and do we really want to pay attention to what they're saying? Yeah, because that's that's a big part of what you're doing. But I think the big picture of all this is whether you are new or whether you've been online for many, many years, regardless of what happens, every person that walks through that digital door of your church, there has to be some type of assimil assimilation process. Yep. And you have to figure out what that is. And whether it's the same as what you did in a physical building, you've got to find a way to replicate that digitally and find a way to make it work. Yeah. And there's some great systems out here that will help you, you know, really do that where you feel like, okay, I don't have to build this from the ground up. There are some things out there that will really help you. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. That's why I wanted to talk to you about that real quick, because, um, you know, some people are a little hesitant about having people fill out the connection card in some ways on the online people or making them do it. But here's the deal. Every, you already, you said this, every website that you go on, Every time you order something on Amazon or or I, well, not, or a store like um, well, any any online store, mm -hmm. they make you fill out your they make you create a username and password in order Every time. To, and then they send you a bunch of stuff. And here's the deal: the reality is people are are familiar with that. They know that's the expectation, and we just have to make that the expectation at a church too. And we're again fill out a, this connection card. Give us your information. If you don't want to continue to get information from us, you can hit stop or you can unsubscribe to it. We do it all the time. I actually just went through a huge purge of email unsubscribing uh, from things that I've subscribed to over Christmas. And I just unsubscribed to a whole bunch of stuff. People can uns unsubscribe if they want to, but we have to find a way to capture their information so we can get them to take that next step, whatever that Absol is. Ab absolutely. And I think one of the things that I have said this, and if anybody's heard me say this, um, I probably said it on your podcast. I've talked about it at conferences. One of the things that I struggle with, with how we are in this space, especially the church, is what you just said. The way we get information, the way we access things that we do on a daily basis, no matter what it is, we do that in the world realm. When we get to the church, we expect it to be totally different. Now, the, the, the big whole conundrum in all this is you're trying to reach people that are either in the church, out of the church, or whatever, and how do you get information? How do they get information? Why would you try to reinvent the wheel on communicating? We've learned some of the greatest things, too, from paying attention to what happens in some of these big Fortune 500 companies and how they do things, and we said, that's a good idea. Maybe we can use some of that knowledge to do something in the church space. You don't have to reinvent that. Like Tom said, they can unsubscribe. You know, We don't have to get into how often you used to send things, but the reality is they get information that exact same way. So why would you change any of that? The tool that everybody has, and you, you know, you, 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 some of you will, you know, you'll leave your mask for your phone. I mean, your phone is with you on a regular basis. This is how people get information. So think about that when you're thinking about connecting with people and, and how you're reaching people. 
and you don't have to reinvent that. You know, that's that's something I think that is is one of the gravest errors I think we have is like we say, well, it's a church, we got to do it different. No, you no, you what are people doing out there? That's very similar. You just shape it and change it to fit for what you're trying to do and create it to make it work. Yeah, people are very comfortable. I, I've shared this story a few different times, but again, when when uh, COVID hit, my dad had never been on a Zoom call before, and he's in his seventies. Mm-hmm. He's never been on. He's on Zoom calls still to this day, very often, and he's very comfortable with the the technology. So we shouldn't be saying, "Well, people aren't comfortable." No, they are. They're really comfortable. Older generations, especially younger generations, they're very comfortable with the technology. We don't need to reinvent the wheel in order to connect with people. We just need to find that way that works for us. Again, what works for me in my church maybe works differently for your church. Find what works and then use that. Um, Absolutely. You hit on online fatigue real (laughs) earlier too. Mm -hmm. Again, people are fatigued. I'll just say this, you know, um, again, because of different things that are happening in our community with snow and uh, COVID and stuff, um, we've decided this week that we are going to be doing online youth group uh, this week. We've been in person for years now. I mean, ever since the initial COVID spike, but um, now we're back online just for a week, but we've hit a lot of resistance here because kids don't wanna be online in this way. What, what would you say, or how would you encourage people who are experiencing online fatigue or going through that process? You know, I think Tom, the, 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 big, the big challenge of all that is, is you gotta think about how you're delivering what your message is. And I think you have to find a way to be willing to make some changes. You know, it's like anything else. If if you are listening to a professor that is in the same monotone, you got to listen for an hour. Uh, after a point in time, it just begins to start becoming white noise. Yeah. So if you are accustomed to doing whatever it is this way, then be willing to make some changes. Change it up. Yeah. You know, have some fun with the kids. You know, challenge them you know, maybe have them come up with something fun that they want to do, you know, something that they, they all can involve themselves in and, and make it, make it engaging. You don't want to make it a one-way street because if you're making it a one-way street, all they're sitting there doing is, is trying to listen to what you're saying without any engagement, but give them something challenging. Maybe it's, you know, creating some type of package or thing that you got to send home to them that they have to sit there and do there. I mean, I, I remember our kids had something um, that they were doing for something around the holidays and it was virtual. But the thing was, they signed up for it and they received in the mail all the stuff that they had to do. And on the actual Zoom, you know, call, if you will, they were all participating in doing that. Then getting the chance to show what they were working on. So you're engaging them, you're making them be a part of it. And I think that there are different creative ways you may be able to do some things. Um, that you all can come up with that might work. Um, you know, people are going to either participate or not. You, you won't be able to really control that. But I think if you find a way to get them, you know, to have buy-in, because most of the time if people, as we like to say, put some skin in the game, if people have a little skin in the game, they feel more apt to participate. Yeah. And that's just really where you have to kind of be creative, uh, be willing to make adjustments. If you're, whatever you're doing was an hour, maybe you need to shorten that down to 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, I mean, be willing to do that. Try to find a way to concise all that down and don't think, well, they got to get all this stuff. Stop doing that. <laughs> Just stop. You got to be willing to make the changes 
and understand that we live in a different era. This is a different time. We were talking about football a moment ago. This is a different time of football when I, compared to when I was playing. Yeah. It's all changed. So if that's changed and everything else has evolved, we have to be willing to say, okay, maybe we need to adjust this stuff, pull back here, maybe insert something different here and, and be willing to step out of the box. Just be willing to try something different that you haven't done because here's the thing. That's what we all do. I had a great conversation with somebody at a conference and said, man, we're not all experts. We're just trying to figure this thing out. And there's nothing wrong with it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You go back, you try something different. So don't be, you know, so caught up in it's got to be perfect. I, I, I like what you just said there, because <laughs> I think we, we get caught up in saying, okay, kids don't want to do Zoom meetings anymore. They don't want to do it. Well, that's maybe not the case. Maybe they do want to do Zoom meetings. It's just the meetings that we're providing are not meeting their needs. Because let's just, let's just be honest. They'll get on their phone and FaceTime for an hour. And that's a, that's a Zoom meeting. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, right. But it, the, the, the content yeah. is, is the bigger challenge, yep. right? The content is the bigger challenge. And you've got to find a way to change that. One of the things that our youth did, it was fun. They did, um, I forgot what they did, the similar to Hollywood Squares, but they did something. But it was fun. The kids had a blast. They had a blast. And they were more focused. The content was was the king of all of that, right? You you're 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 not you're worried about well they don't want to well maybe what you're doing just to be honest with you is a little boring, yeah. And and I know that's gonna rub some people. How no listen, the reality is those things can be boring. Okay, you got to find a way to spice it up. You got to find a way to make some changes and understand that yeah the content is what is the challenge. They they don't mind being on, but what you're doing they don't want to be on and sitting down. You talking about we're going to talk about how to be better kids in school. God, nobody's logging in. <laughs> but the only people that are going to log in is a mom and dad and like, no, you logging in because you, yeah. you need to log <laughs> in, right? No, you sitting there logging in, right? They, and they sitting right next to him like, no, you need to listen. <laughs> Everybody else is like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know, so that's where, and I think too, if you challenge them to even invite their friends, right? You know, give them some type of, of challenge. You know, maybe there's some incentive. If you invite three or four people, you know, you'll get a free something that you can send to them outside of the box. Yeah. Think outside of the box. That way it becomes where they have, you know, skin in the game. And Okay, well, I invited five people. How many did you invite? Okay, well, guess what? You invited the most people. Here is what we have for you. Boom. The next time y'all do something, what happens? Everybody's like, no, I want to win because they yeah. got, you know, they got a $50 gift card, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, think like that, you know, so... Anyway. No, I, I love it. And again, it all boils down to strategy and it all boils down to the processes and systems that you have in, in place mm -hmm. uh, here. Again, if you were still doing online ministry the, the way you were when you first started, uh, you would not be effective today. You have evolved, no. you have changed, you've adapted. If you were doing ministry the same way that you were doing it when COVID first hit, you probably wouldn't be as effective. You have to constantly evaluate and look at Look at what's working, look at what's not working and change and adapt to it. Because again, with these college coaches, if they're not involved in the transfer portal, then they're going to miss out on really good opportunities. It's changed. The, the way the game is played is changed. We have to adapt uh, when we're mm -hmm. doing online ministry as well. So, Yep, absolutely. And, and that's, that's so important, Tom. Every time I think about these things that we're in now, I think for me, more so now than ever, it's we are not going back to church as usual. And I think we have to be willing to say, 
you know what, maybe these shorter messages have more validity than you worrying about teaching something for an hour. Uh, maybe shorter worship fits better because of that may reach people in a better way than it being something that people tune out on after a certain point. Like I'm almost willing to bet you there are some people who are not sitting right in front of their laptop phone or tablet during worship. There, I'm not saying everybody, but there's a small, there's a percentage of people who have checked out to go do something else and they come back. So we got to be willing to understand that and not be offensive, not, not be offended. Let me, let me just say that to all of you that are in the position, whether you're in leadership or whatever, don't be offended when people say, Hey, they're not, that's not connecting with people. Well, it should. There's no reason why. No, it's not. Okay. We're in a different space now. We got to be willing to say we got to make changes. And guess what? The places that we go buy things from and do, they make changes all the time because they realize that is not working. Mm -hmm. And so they find those things that they know are working. They adjust them, they tweak them, they change them. And, and that's where we are. So I think that that's a big part of it and understand that you don't need to be offended by it. Just understand okay, how flexible are we going to be to, to make these changes and, and make some adjustments to fit for what we're trying to do? Yeah. Sly, this has been awesome. This has been great <clears throat> chatting with you uh, about this. Um, any final thoughts that you would share about this? Yeah, I think the bigger thing, uh, Tom, and, and thank you again, is we have to be willing to understand that just because you turn on a stream for your service, that's not it. It goes further beyond that. You have to create an assimilation process. Where do you want people to go? The people that watch your service, put yourself in the shoes of somebody who is an unbeliever or maybe walked away from church, does not matter. What experience do you want them to have and where do you want that individual to go as they connect with your ministry? Doesn't matter where they live, but how do you want them to connect with your ministry from just watching on Sunday to engaging and being a part of what happens in the digital space throughout the week. And so the strategy and the planning is, is so important because if somebody was saved right now at your church, in the building, gave their life to Christ, they have a next step. So it goes the same way for the people who are online. They also have a next step, but you've got to create what that is going to look like and don't get overwhelmed just understand the importance of creating those things and how key that is to you having those successes that you want to have. And, and that's just re really where it's all right. If you, if you build it, you know, the whole thing of saying they will come, but if you build it right, it will absolutely work and be effective to what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that, that is so, that is so true. Um, your strategy is really important and it's going to have a huge impact. If you're just throwing things up there and just willy nilly and doing it, just because you were told to do it, you're you're not going to be as effective as someone who has a clear strategy that's lined up with the the, the church as a whole. It's not a right. separate strategy. It's a, a it's a whole comprehensive whole strategy. Right. So right, right, and that's so that's so important. So yeah. important. Sly, this has been great. Um, I know someone's going to want to connect with you. Uh, so how would people connect with you on social media uh, or wherever so that they can ask you questions or follow up with you? Sure. Sure. And, and I'm always open to that. You know, I don't proclaim to have all the answers. And I believe the gospel, as many people have said, is free. You know, we are all after reaching Christ and reaching people 
to get them connected to Christ. And so me helping you, I'm just glad to be able to do it. So you can email me. That's a great way to do that. You want to email me. And I've had many people, Tom, email me and say, hey, I have a question. So email me sking, S-K-I-N-G at theworshipcentercc.org. Okay, sking at theworshipcentercc.org. Email me or on Instagram or Twitter. It's at I am Sly King, okay? At I am Sly King. You can reach me there. Say, hey, Sly, I got a question. I want to run something by you or do you have a moment so we can talk? I don't mind, okay? If I'm available, I will gladly call you, gladly talk with you and, and share whatever it is that I can do to maybe help you. Because at the end of the day, as Tom said, there may be people that connect with your ministry. They may not connect with either one of ours, but the bigger picture is if their life is changed and they have a connection where they can get to Christ, then that is the ultimate win game. That's the goal. And so I'll just be glad to help you, you know, if I can in any way. Sly, you're awesome. And I'll, I'll for everyone listening, I'll include those links on the show notes. So just if you forgot it or couldn't pay attention, just click on the links. Uh, you, I'll get his email and his uh, Twitter and Instagram on there. Uh, I wish I had my uh, Twitter as I am Tom Pounder. Uh, I, always, <laughs> I always see people's Twitter handles and I'm like, I wish I would have thought of that or the Tom Pounder, you know? Right, 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 like, right. I just did a TA Pounder. I'm like, oh, I'm so stupid. But uh, uh, no, <laughs> no, it's all good, man. But thank you, Tom. I always appreciate it. And, you know, you can have me back anytime, man. We can always dive into whatever is the, the topic of what's on your heart or what you want to get into. So I'm always open to that. Well, I already got the next topic. So we'll just set, have to schedule the the uh, time. Sure. Because I would love to do a deep dive with you on, on numbers and what that looks like. Absolutely. So we'll, absolutely. We will do that sooner rather than later. I'll guarantee yeah, that. Yeah. I think, I think that'll be very beneficial to everybody because I know people wanting, what do these numbers mean? Yep. <laughs> you know, it can be overwhelming. So yeah, that's no problem. No, let's do that. So, all right, Sly. Well, have a great day, man. Thanks so much for being with me. Hey, no problem. You too, Tom. All right. I love talking with Sly. I really feel like I could talk to Sly for a really long time. He's just a great guy to have. And again, he's been doing ministry for a really long time. And he's got a lot of great stories and a lot of great ideas and resources to share. So definitely connect with him if you haven't connected with him before. I'll include all his links in the show notes today. So definitely make sure you connect with him. All right, here's why I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this. What do you think? What have been your ideas or what have been your ups and downs in online effectiveness? How has strategy impacted you? Definitely hit me up on Twitter, at TA Patterns, my Twitter handle. I would love for you to do that and share with me and Sly as we continue this conversation online. All right, here's well, thanks so much for being with me today. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast or the video, definitely subscribe to it. It's on YouTube or all the other podcast streaming platforms. You can just click subscribe and you can get this every uh, week when we release it on the church.digital. All right, heroes. Well, thanks so much for being with me today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And until next time, have a great one.